I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Oh, another podcast shot. I don't believe it. You, not you as well. Yes, me. Why not me? Everybody else in his hairdresser or her bin man's got a podcast, and why shouldn't they? Then again, why shouldn't I? Okay? I'm getting on the gravy train along with everybody else, including your cousin who does that one about gaming. Right? I don't care what you think. You might also notice that I've started to try and self-censor myself because I've got a feeling that this could go big. And if it goes big, it could go really big if we keep the swearing out of it, if we keep it like a sort of 12 level as opposed to an 18 level you know it won't get any warning slapped on it even children could listen to it thereby swelling the numbers and my financial coffers a bit like uh, that's what brian and roger did when they were making the queen film in it they could have made an 18 but they decided to make a 12 because they wanted to make some serious coin so that's what i'm doing right i'm going to try and keep it clean so that i can make some serious wedge fucking too right <sighs> So I've just let myself straight down there by saying fucking too right. And I don't really, I'm not very good at editing myself, so just fuck it. it. There will be swearing in it, okay? All the podcast books and that say, whatever you do, whatever you do, whatever you do, be yourself, be yourself. If you try to be somebody else, if you try to have a different voice than the one you've got, then you're going to fail. So anybody who knows me knows uh, I'm effing and jeffing all the time. So this podcast will include swearing. That's your initial warning. No children, please. Anyway, Sean, what's the idea, mate? Come on, get to it. This is an introductory podcast. You've not even told us what it's about yet. All right. Well, you just said it. The idea is ideas. Oh, fucking hell, mate. Have you you any idea of any idea podcasts there are? There are 716 million. This is different. Okay? It is essentially uh, a creative, an exploration of creativity. But what more than that it is, is an opportunity for me to uh, cathartically um, expunge some of the ideas that have been trapped under the crust of my creativity for many years, okay? It's a little bit like an oil well drilling down, upspurts the idea that's been buried uh, in the the, the crust of the the, the earth of my brain for many years. So it's, it's an opportunity for me to get ideas out there that have never flown. And then the other idea is that we do the same with a guest every week. Okay, that's arguably the even more interesting part because we know some pretty interesting people, uh, but even they, you know, they've got lots of ideas, most of them don't get made. So that's what this is an exploration of. 
And it could be anything, sublime to the ridiculous. It could be a shopping list. It could be an old love letter that you never sent. It could be a sitcom idea. It could be a lyric. It could be anything at all. And that's the, the pure pleasure of it. So that, in a nutshell, is the explanation for Sean Keaveney's creative cul-de-sac. Right. Uh, incidentally, I record this part at home, uh, which is... Uh, stupidly I've done it in my bedroom today like literally next to a window onto the main street so you might hear children gambling outside I don't mean gambling G-A-M-B-L-I-N-G I mean G-A-M-B-O-L-L-I-N-G before you start just consider that like a, a little bit of sound design in the background just to add a little bit of, you know sort of dimension so okay so what I'm going to do is I literally have a mahogany trunk it's actually a cardboard box from Ikea, uh, full to the brim of old no notebooks and pieces of paper and stuff like that from going back over 20 years, about 25 years. Uh, I've also got all the stuff, like you probably have, ideas, uh, ab abortive concepts, uh, things like that, that I keep on my computer and on my iPhone. And that is what I'm going to tap into uh, every single episode. The, the episode will start with my ideas, then we'll flip onto the... The, the the guests' ideas, hopefully they'll be more entertaining. And like I say, we go from the sublime to the ridiculous, the lacrimose to the grandiose, okay? Self-pitying to egotistical, that means. The trivial to the totemic. Last note that you made, I'll ask. The thing you're most secretly proud of that you want to get out there. All these things will be dealt with in this fantastic and enormously popular podcast, Sean Keaveney's Creative Cul-de-Sac. You're stalling, mate. You've not got any good ideas at all, have you? Sure. Listen, in a, you'll hear that a lot. My inner voice. It's very negative, and it's 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 quite destructive, and it's very critical. Uh, you might hear my voice uh, change, and I start to become uh, really quite defensive when the inner voice pipes up. So, but in answer to that, no, you're wrong. I do have lots of what I consider to be great ideas. Go on, then. All right. Just to get us started, right, I've written this down. This is a part of, of the, the, the podcast that I think we should revisit time and again, the Netflix hub. Okay, so because I've got literally a page in my notes, which is simply entitled Netflix Ideas, and they're usually just like one or two liners that I eventually will take to, to uh, big movie and TV producers and say, make this because it's a shit art idea. Here's one, right? Uh, the title of the Netflix drama is Picture This. A blondie song title. You could use that as the theme tune, whatevs. What's the idea? Here's the idea. Uh, you know, you get those on this day uh, reminders on your phone, on your smartphone. And it comes up with a little film, doesn't it? It shows you loads of pictures from this day in 2016 or something like that. Oh, look at us. Oh, I forgot about that. We went to Surrey for the afternoon. It was very sunny and, and offer had an ice cream. That kind of thing, right? This Netflix drama is called Picture This. And what I've written here is, person gets pick reminders on phone. Yeah. The person in the picture dies that day. That's all I've written. That's all I've got. So it needs a bit of work, but I think you'd agree it's pretty, it's quite close to being, I mean, I'm sitting on potentially 10 to $15 million though. And that's the whole point of this podcast really. There'll be another category which should be entitled dad gags, okay? Or just straight up gags. 
one or two line jokes. Most most of us write these down from time to time. We were struck, struck by inspiration. I'll be littering this podcast with these. Here's one for you today. <laughs> Tell you what, that Captain Corelli really loved eating boiled eggs, didn't he? Huh? Huh? Do you get it? I'm not, I'm not explaining it. Another thing that I'll come back to time and again is my old stand-up material. Uh, for those that don't know, I perform stand-up com- Don't, what are you laughing at? I'm serious. I performed stand-up comedy between 2010 and 2017. The joke that I always employ uh, is I stopped due to public demand in 2017 because I wasn't that good. But I've got quite a lot of stand-up material, uh, most of which has either never been heard or has been heard by about 14 um, indifferent people uh, downstairs in a pub in Dalston. So I'm going to perform you a tiny bit of stand-up here, and I'm hoping that producer Ben is going to try and do a bit of sound modelling around this to make it sound as though we're in a smoky club and that the audience are hanging on my every inflection. Mm -hmm. It's inspired, it seems, by a little Telegraph Mm -hmm. article which from a few years ago which said that um, oil traders were worried that the market may never see $100 a barrel oil prices again. They were essentially saying, due to all this electric car bullshit and renewable wind energy, bu- energy bullshit, uh, us oil oligarchs uh, could be losing some of our profits, and that's a bad thing. Okay, so that's the story, that's the context. This is the performance. So, I mean, this is to a packed comedy tent at Latitude. Okay, everybody hanging on my every word. going it looks increasingly to me i don't know about you like we might not even obliterate humanity in a self-created carbon choked inferno of self-destruction right we might not we might avoid that and worse still our profits could suffer okay trees and plants could flourish crops become more diverse bee populations could proliferate Waterways could become purer. Coral reefs could regrow. Marine life flourish back to pre-industrial levels. Profits could stagnate. Shareholders' dividends retract slightly. We can't let this happen. We must act now. So, as I say, it's, you know, I mean, there's a reason why a lot of this stuff remains on the hard drive. That said, I think some of it's quite strong. Do you really, Sean? Shut it. I'll give you a little bit more of my, my ancient stand-up, right? Do you remember when the South African president, Jacob Zuma, got caught out harvesting the country for hundreds of millions of dollars? You remember that a few years ago? Well, I, I was quite proud of this bit of stand-up. You know, snowflake, fucking right on, aren't I? You know, is it like a sort of shit Ben Elton, if you can imagine that, with a slightly better suit. So, this is how my Jacob Zuma peace starts the president with the greatest name in the world who's zooming who i've put here it's not very good this guy makes our expenses rinsing public officials look in comparison like pick and mix pilferers in woolworths and then i put in brackets if by by the way hands up who did used to do that nick pick and mix from woolworths a smattering of people put their hands up and then i say people like you are in my view scum it's not that funny but it would have worked you know in a crowd you're responsible for the death of Woolworths. 
Anyway, back to Jacob Zuma. This is a man who claimed $23 million worth of public money for, and I quote, essential security upgrades in his mansion, which included, okay, a swimming pool and an amphitheater. I said again, an amphitheater. This is supposed to be for essential security upgrades. I can't spell it in mind, ask the Polish builders to knock one up. You know you're slightly losing your grip on reality if you're sitting with your wife one night, flicking through the swatches, looking at water vault taps, you know, because you're having a bit of renovation. And you say to her, well, what do you think of that one? A bit wide, isn't it? You know? well, hey, listen, what about uh, an amphitheatre in the back garden? What do you think? Between the kids' slide and the man cave. You know, you know you're losing your grip on reality a bit. I put myself out on a limb here and suggest if you're having an amphitheatre built in your backyard, you are beginning to lose touch with the common man you represent in just a tiny amount. Then again, I suppose to be fair, an amphitheatre could easily be used for security, if you think about it. For instance, if guerrilla forces stormed the compound, Jacob and his staff could easily hastily stage a small production of Midsummer Night's Dream, which would buy him enough time to escape. Enormous peals of laughter from the crowd. I've also written here the definition of karma, Jeremy Hunt in A&E. So you can see we're going back some time there. So, you know, this is the kind of thing we're talking about in Sean Keevney's... What am I calling it? Sean Keevney's creative cul-de-sac. It's basically that. It's just looking through people's notebooks full of shit and uh, reading some of it out. It doesn't have to be any more or less complicated than that. Um, it does mean that each week, until I run out, uh, you are going to be subjected to some of my more outre uh, or less popular work, if you can imagine such a thing. And, unfortunately, my inner voice. Finish it now, Sean. Nobody wants to hear anymore. Fuck off! Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. So who is this episode's guest on my Idea Expo? A man who is a geezer. I don't mean a cockney, he's basically from Bishop Stortford. No, I mean a G-E-Y-S-E-R, a geezer of ideas, a Catherine Wheel of comic imagery, a radio legend at the tender age of 34, I have to check that age, that was off Wikipedia, podcaster, sitcom minter, TV presenter, children's author. Let's riffle through the piffle with Greg James. What do you think about that, Greg? Something like that, and I feel quite honoured. I really do. It is a privilege, isn't it? It's bestowed upon... <laughs> it is, and, I'm aw- and I hope all your guests are aware of what a privilege it is. Well, you know, sometimes it takes me upwards of 10 minutes to write those things. And that is, that's quite an investment in time when you're as busy as I am. Now, I want to say something off the bat here, which is... I, I, I always think of us as kind of idea magpies. That, you know, we, we've got a butterfly net out and we're constantly on the lookout for things that we can fill this yawning gap of dead air that would be our show <laughs> if we didn't if we didn't throw some things in there would you would you agree with I that I would agree with that I think probably like you a lot of my favorite people growing up were comedians and funny people and comic actors and people that did voices and things like that but I was too lazy I think to want to bother to tour around and do stuff like that and also just loved radio too much not to want to sit and do it in a microphone i think that was basically it and it was the most e- the ac- most accessible thing so you could just do it in your bedroom and you know pretend to record it into windows 95 and things like that and i really i just f- fell in love with all of that stuff and also if you run out of something to say you just play a song and also i love music so that that all of that made it it made more sense to do it on the radio than to try it on a stage I, I, that's the thing isn't it because I, I as we as my listeners to this venerable podcast will already know because that's what the first part of it's all about i have the mahogany trunk of ideas um the ikea cardboard box of ideas and it's just fucking full of you know d- d- disastrous sitcom ideas and uh oh, this is a funny idea for a game show etc but like you say it's very difficult to actually get those things made whereas you can you can it can fill a perhaps a link on the radio yeah i think that is right but also there's another thing which is magical about radio and that is as you mentioned the listeners who come back with the other half of the stuff so you put out the bit and they go Oh, how about this? Or how about that? Or how about we take it this way? Or oh, I've got an idea. Or that reminds me of this. So I've always been more excited at the idea that I say a thing and then it just gets split into a million pieces and then it can end up somewhere else. And you don't really get that when you've got a sort of tight 60 minutes and you're doing an Edinburgh show. I never really, I never really got that excited about doing that. I like watching them, but I, I was at the end of it, I'm a bit like, oh, I feel a bit sorry for you that you can't just do that again tomorrow and change it and get the listeners to call up and I can really find out about each person listening and find out their story. So I've always that's why I've always been drawn to radio more than radio ideas more than comedy ideas in that way. Yeah. It's like we bring the leather they make the handbag. <laughs> I mean, you could put it like that. So there you go. I'm writing that down as well. So here's an, e- an easy intro question, right? So here you can, um, this, any idea uh, stored anywhere. So it could be on the back of a beer mat. 
It could be in your iPhone, it could be on your laptop, it could just be scribbled on the bottom of your trainer. But what was the last idea that you made a note of, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, right. Well, the last idea. Uh, <laughs> it's very niche. It was from the Tailenders podcast that we had. It, it was based on an idea of cricketers in the 90s used to have cars with their signatures on the side sponsored by, like... Mitsubishi Chelmsford and things like Quite that. Quite partridgean. So, so this is the thing, and you'll appreciate this. The, I think the only two people, the only two professions in the world that have their names and signatures on a sponsor car really are radio presenters and county cricketers. And so that we talked about Mark Eilot, who was a really great bowler for Essex in England back in the 90s. And it turned out he was listening to the podcast. He listens to the podcast. Oh, lovely. And he got back in touch and we were talking about his sponsored Saab. <laughs> so the last idea I had was we should go, when the lit restrictions lift, we are all going to go and do an episode of the podcast from a Saab. Of course you are. In Chelmsford. And it will be, yeah. And he said something like, oh, I, I haven't um, anyone flocking around my car for a few years because he's retired. But he said the only time... There's an, I, I expect when I go and do the big shop that people would flock around my car. So we we're going to go and do the podcast from a Tesco car park and get loads of fans of Mark Eilot to be to be there to recreate the 90s. But there you go, you see. It, it's like Graham Torrington on 210 FM, The Quiet Storm, in his sort of, uh, in his Rover 216 Vitesse or something like that. You're, there's nothing better than being a big fish in a little pond. And I can't wait to start my uh, uh, drive time radio show on Wish FM. Uh, in October, uh, Wigan's greatest music mix. Um, but this is the thing, right? I mean, well, you mentioned it off off mic, but like, it is a bit of a walk. This idea, this this Sean Keaveney cul-de-sac concept, is a walk through your your back pages of of unborn, unrealized ideas. And you said to me that it, you'd sort of learned a little bit about yourself. You'd sort of been looking back at various stages of your career. Um, can I just uh, beg of you uh, a cup, uh, an idea just from the top of the rank of something mm. that you might like to offer to the podcast <laughs> that hasn't yet made the light of day? Yeah, well, I learned a few things, and just just briefly, I learned that I'm all I, I've been consistently all over the place for a, for a long time. In that the notepads were stashed in all different places, all of them unfinished. A lot of them start halfway through. And they don't really make any sense. And there's no dates on them. And I think it made me initially sad because part of me wants to be like Michael Palin, who's got, you know, them catalogued and all of them have individual ISBN numbers and stuff. And he has a ladder that he can just go, yes, February 1960. Let's have a look there. What was I doing? <laughs> part of me wants that, but I really am not able to do that. And I think looking back through the, my, the thing I learned about myself is that I've, I've I've grown to work with that brain, whereas before mm. I think I was quite scared of it. And a lot of the early stuff, the early the early years. I mean, I'm talking 2007, but the ones that I found, it, it was it was quite sad. Like some of them, the ideas were fun and silly, but then they were just sort of like reminders to um, not get stressed or like go for a run or like. Make sure you're reading a book and not just looking at radio forums. I was like, fucking hell. I remember Right, that. that's quite telling, isn't it? So yeah. do, do, do you remember that, I do. that it, era it, it, of your existence? That and I felt really embarrassed for myself then, but I feel much, I feel, I feel proud of where I've come to now, got to now, 
but I, I think it was just I didn't really have much of and this is the only bad thing about starting Radio 1 when I was 21 is that I didn't really have anywhere to be shit for a few years yeah. and I had to just work it all out quite quickly and that was great because that, that I wouldn't really change it now because it's it, it really yeah. served me well because I had to just sort of sink or swim and and looking back at it I was just quite I looked quite I was quite anxious I think I was quite stressed about it all I was like I love this and I've always wanted to do this but now yeah. it's happening it's really stressful and there's people saying you're shit don't fuck this up and like I'm on before Moyles and you know people are like you fucking what's this and and it's it's funny just looking back at it but as I said, I wouldn't change any of it. And some of the ideas are really stupid. And I, I, I don't know where this... Um, where's the first one? Let me find this one. You know, you know, some of the great radio features that... You, and I've actually... I've done Rage Against uh, the Answer... I've done Unpopular Opinions yes. with you. Yeah. Uh, Rage Against the Answering Machine. Have you... Uh, surely you must have a notebook somewhere that's full of failed feature ideas. Mm, there's one in front of me that's just called Uptown Monk. Which one... <laughs> I can't remember. I guess be? it was at the time. It was the time Uptown Funk was riding high in the charts. Clearly, <laughs> Uptown Monk. Uh, another one. There's something there, isn't there? We just don't know Uptown what. Uptown Monk is good, and someone can have that. Yeah. One of the things that I was trying to get off the ground for ages, and it and it appears in about three different notebooks, is just the words "panic room," and I right. wanted to do a panic room for such a long time. I couldn't work out what it was. And we tried a couple of ideas, which was just locking someone in the studio and then recording it and seeing what, what they did and then editing the highlights together to three minutes or whatever. But I couldn't work out why is that, why, what's the point? And then that eventually has evolved into the breakfast show idea of the escape room. When, we, when I was locked in a room and I had to work out the code with the help of the listeners and there were loads of clues. So it's like a classic escape room, I guess. But So that was years in the making so that was that was interesting for me to look back on that and also renter greg which was a, was a really terrible really terrible title what the fuck is that greg was just getting me to do whatever you needed to do so if there was a dropout of like a stag do or you needed someone to help you move house or whatever yeah. then i would be the renter greg and then but that that's great actually which we I did we did that. do that actually we i did i went and we, we moved house I moved someone. I moved house um, for somebody a couple of years ago. I think it might have been on <laughs> first year of breakfast, maybe. And Susanna Reed came and joined us for some reason. But yeah, we managed to do that. It was all basically. I, I was circling around it for ages, but it was all always about how can we be totally embedded and not in bed with, embedded with the listeners somehow. Yeah. And the, up Friday was a thing that I noticed quite early on in some of my early books which then ended up being a thing where the listeners would come in on a Friday, and um, which I nicked from Russ and Jono. Do you remember them on Virgin? Yeah, Russ, to, Russ do, um, and Jono. They used to get a, an audience in on a Friday, and I thought, I'll have that one day. That's good. That's nice. So I think that you, though, have, have, have really cornered the market on, on that. I don't know. There are a few people on the radio at the moment, I think, who have got all you've got all the aces up the sleeve you you know you've you're avuncular you're you're very approachable but the, i think uh, and you've you're really fucking funny and you you're inventive sorry I, I, just just widen it a bit i'm going to blow some serious smoke up there i'm listening i'm ready for it yes but i honestly think that the best thing that you do and even a, a broadcaster with the chops that i've got struggles to do this is sound like everybody that you talk to on the show is actually 
at least an acquaintance and probably a mate. <laughs> yeah. And I think that yeah. that you can't fake that shit. Yeah. So was that was that always you? Like even when you were a kid, were you always like that kind of slightly overconfident kid who no, talked to the adults? I wasn't. Of, you weren't I really wasn't. No, I was very very horribly awkward and shy. But and then I I think university. I think really I I really just fell in love with student radio in a massive way, and doing doing bits on a stage with my mates who then went on to be stand-ups and stuff and I really liked sort of hosting stuff more than being a, like a comic personality or yeah I, I liked I felt much I felt suddenly just felt comfortable on the stage just doing stuff and sort of interacting with an audience and I think maybe at 18 on about 18 19 I did become more confident at that sort of stuff and I, it didn't worry me in a way that it used to when I was like a, t- a, a timid teenager. But no, I was never the, I was never the um, precocious child being like, would anyone like, care for some more strawberries? I'm about to make a trip to the kitchen. Like none yeah, of that. That's it. I wasn't that kid at all. I was, I was very much, oh, I'm just going to play with this tennis ball in the corner while, <laughs> while mum and dad's friends talk to each other. But, um, but I think radio really brought that out of me and the early breakfast show brought that out of me a lot because... I was just facing the listeners the whole time. And it was Neil Sloan, the producer I mentioned earlier, that just said, right, well, let's just, let's just do a show for the listeners. And actually it was he, him who went, if you look around at Radio 1, there's nobody really just doing it on their own. There's, there's like yeah. duos and there's the Moyles yeah. team, which was, you know, the zoo. And there was the Mills team, which had Laura Sayers and it was all sort of, you know, gang stuff. And it was amazing. Yeah. But there was nobody just sort of doing the me with the list type thing. And immediately he just went, well, let's do something on Friday. Let's do like a phone in. So we did free for all Friday where we would take That's calls great. live to air for half an hour from four till 4.30. And it was the most fun thing we ever did until someone called up and just went, can't. And that was it. <laughs> and, and that was the end of it. That was literally the end of the feature. The, the exec called up after the show and went, uh, hi, dude, uh, you're never doing that again. And oh, for fuck's sake. But it was brilliant. And he, On was, air he, said he didn't that. say your cunt. He just went, cunt? <laughs> and I thought it was funny. I, mean, I love the pitching. The pitching of it's beautiful as well, isn't it? It's almost musical. Cunt? <laughs> so, let's, so we do radio. I mean, the other thing is we could talk about this all day, of course, but, you know, like why we love audio non sequiturs so much, like Nimi and the Gonads, for instance. But we could come back to that. <laughs> because I, I, whilst I'm flinging that door open, I'm also thinking about you diversifying into the world of sitcom because <laughs> I misremembered I thought you'd done like a whole series no it was a one off yeah. it was a one off wasn't it it was a comedy mm. uh, it was a BBC3 thing called Dead Air yeah. <laughs> but there you were I mean in 2015 as a young man acting and yeah. like writing comedy stuff have you got any ideas like that that have just yeah. again well, De- De- not really gone anywhere really of its time for me as well because I was still working out what the hell I was doing but I I just had this sort of, and looking back at it now, it was just a weird uh, sort of phobia and also bitterness about maybe not getting the breakfast show or also maybe not wanting it and that and that sort of dichotomy. But it came out in a comedy, which was good in places, but I, you know, I watch it now and I'm like, oh, it's not, it could have been a lot better. It would have been a lot better if I was in it. And if it wasn't maybe about radio, it was a bit on the nose. It was, it was a little bit like the breakfast show host dies. <laughs> and then, and then, uh, and then it was a, like a, a toss up between two people. And, and it was, it was just a bit like, it was, but it was fun. And I really enjoyed the whole process. And it was, I mean, amazingly exciting to get to do that. And I did, 
I did do a drama degree, so I could sort of sort of do it, but I needed a lot. It wasn't quite there. But there is, a, there is another idea, actually, which I haven't told anyone about, apart from the person I'm working with, and it's the amazing Dottie. So Dottie, as in Dottie used to do the One Extra Breakfast show. Yeah. It's now at Beats. We did a the TV show together. We did um, the, the BBC music show a few years ago together, and we, got, we just knew it. We got to know each other on that. And she's the most brilliant host and character and personality and she wrote a book last year called outraged and it's all about her life as a young black lesbian woman in the industry and in london and in media and trying to work out what am i supposed to be outraged about today and yeah i read it because she gave me an, an advanced copy of a couple by maybe a year ago at the start of uh, at the start of the lockdown really and i read it and I said to her, I called her immediately and went, you, you, we can make, this needs to be made into, you're like Larry David. This is, there's a Larry David style, Kirby enthusiasm comedy to be made yeah. out of all these scenarios. Because, and the initial thing I thought of was, there'll be days when you're a terrible black person. There'll be days when you're a terrible woman. And there'll be yeah. days when you're a terrible lesbian. And it's like, what, what, she she feels so conflicted every single day and she yeah. she says things like uh, everyone asks me to stand for everything and all i want to do is just sit down sit down i love that phrase and i was like that's it that's, that's the that's the thing so we 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 we're making that hopefully into a comedy which she's going to star in oh wow and i'm just going to be so she's actually going to she's going to be like she's going to act yeah. she's going to sort of play herself think, like a, a hyper real version of herself yeah and i think she can really do it because i've just got a hunch because she was a she was a rapper and a quite successful artist who was spotted on stage. I think she was spotted at a Mary J. Blige gig by Mary J. And she brought up on stage by her. And, um, and then she got a record deal off the back of that. So she became a, an artist for a while. And then she was doing a session. Her story is fascinating. Get her on this. She's much more interesting than me. Yeah, I'm going to do um, that. She was well, doing a, a session with we'll wait till Book Dotty. <laughs> Cancel the line with Greg. Um, <laughs> she did a session with Trevor Nelson. And Trevor just said, you're too funny to just be an artist. You should come and do a co-host with me. And she did a co-host with him over the summer. And then that following year, one extra went, do you want to do the breakfast show? And she, so wow. she just went, I'm an artist now. I'm a presenter now. One yeah. breakfast show two years ago. Then went, I'm off to Beats for loads of money. Apple poached her. She wrote a book. She just is <laughs> prolific and brilliant. And I just thought, well, you can definitely be a comic actor then because you know what to do and you know how to interact with people so i i'm really excited about that and and it's good for me i think it's progress looking back at all my ideas and mad ramblings of like you must do this and try and get a job here and all the rest of all that it's removing myself from the center of it just being like this is really good and i know how to help write this with you and i think i can really make it funny with you well, I mean, no wonder she needs to sit down doing all that in such a short space of time. Um, but the, these these are too good, these ideas. I want you to give me an idea that's... I don't want to say... Th- this podcast isn't all about shite ideas, oh, but it could be. Yeah, I've been, I've been well, polishing you, you, come a bit, yeah. Make us feel a bit better about ourselves by giving us uh, a, an idea from the, the back pages that's not perhaps something mm. that's going to make you hundreds of millions of pounds. Do a show from a ferry. Neil's on wheels which was just getting my friend Neil who was my producer to learn how to drive (laughs) Neil's on wheels Um, 
this is the, this is what it's all about. This is the pure, um, you know, hosteling with Chris Eubank, isn't it? Yeah. How about <laughs> um, why don't people pose in the estate agent photos? <laughs> <laughs> you mean like if you have a fo- if you have photographs of your house? Yeah. You why don't we? Them. Why aren't people in them? Yeah, to look. I always That's actually nice quite a good idea. How people use the space. <laughs> yeah, and also for a sense of perspective. Mm. But then that's probably Greg. I think we've worked out why they don't do it because, of course, I sometimes have looked on my looked at my kitchen on the Estates website and thought, "Fucking hell, that looks like Rio Ferdinand's kitchen," <laughs> when in fact it's like six feet across. So maybe that's why they don't do it. Do a one DJ competition in Ibiza. What's the most ridiculous thing I can do? And it says underneath, could I pilot the plane there? <laughs> You've gone full Noel Edmonds there, haven't you? Yeah. You've gone absolutely is, Noel Edmonds. There's a, there is a horrible bit of me that is a bit Noel Edmonds. And I, and I try and, and I'm reading, I think it's gone mostly now. It, it remains maybe in the hair. But I think looking back at my books, it's mostly gone, I think. Yeah, <laughs> I think you're. I think uh, what you might describe it as is I'm five percent silk bomber jacket with my name on the back I of it. I think so. I think so. I've just got. To, uh, there's a page here that's just called "Everything Is Shit," and I think that's that was when I was going through a sad time. Clearly, sort of the troubles, and and, and underneath it just says, "Is this a documentary?" <laughs> oh, that I love. That I love because it, there's there's little self awareness at that yeah. point, is there? It's like you've you've come you've come a, you've come away a little bit there from reality. I mean, what what era would we talk? Let's 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 slide some slightly maudlin music underneath this That's bit because from, so what, what what time was that when you were feel when you felt you were struggling? As I said, no no dates in here, but I think no dates probably. I think that this this could really be any any time from 2010 to about 2016. So I'm going to say probably about 2011, 2012, because I wasn't, I didn't particularly enjoy my twenties very much at all. I, I, in fact, I, I didn't enjoy them. I was very uncertain of myself and what the hell I was doing. And but despite having to sort of go on air and act like I was fine, but like you're a mess in your twenties, aren't you? Just like awful. Um, and then uh, yeah, I can't, I can't, but this I can't. is it. And, um, uh, do you feel like that that was is this a, a reductive thing to say that you were you were, chas- were were you chasing that big breakfast show gig and of course when Moyolzy you always got to put a Y on the end of it <laughs> left and then Grim me got it was there a, a, a bit of uh, flotsam and jetsam in your yeah. mind that thought I should have should have been me and yeah I guess yeah there was but I, I didn't not in a nasty way but in a sort of na- natural yeah way. I didn't really. I didn't really believe it, but you're just you're put you're put into a, a schedule where there's a clear sort of hierarchy or a, a supposed career plan where you go early breakfast, might mm. go and do weekends, or if you're lucky you go and do afternoons. Then afternoons you can go drive time and then you go, Oh now what? Now what do I do now? It's, well, it's gotta be yeah. it's gotta be breakfast or like am I gonna host Nevermind the Buzzcocks? And actually <laughs> I at that point, I didn't really want to do any of that, but I felt like I did, and I felt like I should. And I'm just a lot happier now just going, well, if it happens, it happens, and I'm just going to enjoy it if I get there and just make sure I'm enjoying all the shows and enjoying all the bits because really there's yeah. no, there is no structure. There's no sort of, it doesn't matter. You know, I, there's I, no I'm destination. Probably just doing drive and doing something else. I don't know. 
it's hard to say. The destination, not the, it, the it's the ride, not the destination. Yeah, it I, is. I mean, of course, you know, there's probably something I've written down in my iPhone notes when I was arsehole uh, in 2013. Yeah. On that page of everything is shit, it says, is this a documentary? An exploration of modern shite. And then it says <laughs> things like social media, fast food, travel, politics. <laughs> what the fuck was I thinking about? What? That is not an okay brain, is it? That's, but then that that gentleman, I'm pretty sure I've met him. His name currently escapes me, but uh, there's a guy who wrote a, a book called Get in the Sea, right. which is a similar concept, isn't mm. it? Which is just like uh, Rolodexing through all the myriad of ways that modern life makes you just want to fucking hurl yourself <laughs> off the top of a building. Yeah, that's true. So you, you, I think you're onto something there in the zeitgeist. I think, we're, I think we're probably better at processing it now and channeling it into something else so all the shit that you watch throughout the day the terrible things you read and the awful people spouting you go alright well I'm not going to get angry at that I'm just going to absorb that and just do the complete opposite and come out with the stupidest thing to distract myself but also everyone else and that's probably better at not letting everything weigh too heavy and it looks like from looking at my what it turns out to be journals essentially looking at my sad pathetic self-absorbed journals is that i'm better at just going that's pretty unimportant just do something fun and have yeah. a nice time with your wife basically i think that's and that's why i'm thankful for being older now yeah so before we let you go um have you got any other um sort of ideas that you want to air because perhaps you think i'm surprised that this didn't do better um, we, we, we have this kind of uh, slightly aggrandized idea about this podcast that it could become like a repository of great ideas, like a trademark uh, center where people, uh, get like, a, like an IP protection racket, you know, where we say that this is where you heard it first, you can't do it because Sean had his idea about a, scaffold, a scaffolding sitcom and it's here you can hear it on this podcast, you know. <laughs> Um, so if, if you've got any other things that you want to disclose before the close of this yeah, let me uh, just I'll rattle off the sack episode. Uh, yeah, please young do. Farts. Okay, like grumpy old men. Yeah, we could say that. But with a younger demographic. Uh, see that. It just says bakery on a plane. I don't know what that means. A bakery on a yeah, plane. I don't know what that means. I'm not You're you're flying it, Noel Edmonds yeah, style. I think so. Hollywood and Barrier in the <laughs> back baking cakes um i can okay we're getting somewhere i quite like this which i feel like would be a thing 100 objects you're ashamed to own oh don't know why that was you've seen it but you could mm, might, might be good isn't the, isn't that influenced by history of the world in 100 objects on radio 4 you must have heard oh, that at must some have point been. yeah that's right yeah so that's interesting 100 objects that you're ashamed to own so are we talking about everything from sex toys to single-use plastic yes yeah to your yeah. to your to your v8 range rover <laughs> <laughs> um, well i've seen him drive past me in an electric car so yeah, I know that, that's, that's a joke that's right tiny celebrity quiz i think we did that and we just just me doing impressions of celebrities through a voice changer i think that that we, that we did that. Take that off. That's done. Only did that once. Um. <laughs> it reminds me of it reminds me of one of my great features that nobody ever really heard because it was on overnights on XFM. Have I got poos for you? When I used to do an impression of a famous celebrity defecating, and that ran for about three years. 
<laughs> so maybe good. I'll bring it back. It's good. When Thank I, you. Um, there was a notebook that I was desperate to find, which had something in it <laughs> that is, I think, the first thing I remember writing down and thinking it was the funniest thing ever. And, um, and I wrote it down in a big book because I'd seen a documentary about Bob Monkhouse and he used to have catalogued yeah. joke books, didn't he? And he used to have them all yeah, color-coded. Yeah. And I thought, yeah. do you know what? I'm going to be like Bob Monkhouse. And I bought a book and we were on holiday and we went to America when I was a teenager and I wrote in it the... Uh, I went to, There was a studio tour of, I think it was NBC or something. And in the NBC store... They had all the big shows. So they had like stuff from Friends and they had stuff from Scrubs at the time. It was big at the time. Yeah. And they had all of their Good Morning America stars in sort of mugs and T-shirts and cushions and loads merch. and loads of merch. But with the faces of, and my joke was going to be along the lines of, you wouldn't get that. You wouldn't get an Eamon, no one's going to buy an Eamon Holmes cushion type there you go. And I remember that vividly, thinking that was the funniest thing that anyone's ever come up with. And that's, I was desperate to find that thing. But that's my, that's my idea that we should try and make happen, is we should get the merch of Dan Walker and stuff. Yeah. Because that, that's, that, that's our equivalent. And there's no, that's no shade on Dan Walker. And that's no shade on, no. you know, Susanna Reid. But you ain't buying a Susanna Reid umbrella. Or maybe there's some perverts that would. Or maybe, may, oh, there are definitely some perverts that would, and you're talking to one right now, <laughs> without question. Um, put me down, for, put me down for one. Um, Greg James, um, Radio One legend, uh, children's author, uh, soon to be TV mogul, <laughs> and uh, ex extraordinarily good mate of mine. And it's just wonderful to Rolodex through some of your ideas, to riffle through your piffle today. Um, but for now, honestly, thank you so much for being in Sean Keaveney's cul-de-sac with me, uh, Greg James. I've loved it. Thank you. And it was a really lovely exercise. And uh, I feel thoroughly embarrassed, but happy that I'm not that person anymore. So there we have it. That's one that definitely, we don't, we don't know exactly what sequence these Sean Keebney's Creative Cul-de-Sac podcasts are going out, but this is definitely one of the first, say, say one of the top three, first three with Greg James. And this is the tail end. We were just talking about tail enders. That's why I mentioned that, of this podcast. Just a little audio side note, you might um, almost, again, almost imperceptibly hear in the background a sort of, a constant high-pitched grinding noise. That's not my molars. That's actually um, the unfortunate effect of having a fucking neighbour who has decided to build an extension just as I'm about to start creating a podcast. So what I strongly suggest you do is just tune that out. I might even bring in a little interlude music underneath this. Ben? Producer Ben, <clears throat> could you just mix in? That's it. Just so it goes sort of over the top so people don't really notice that angle grinder noise in the background. Here, oh, by the way, the last five or six minutes of the podcast in future, I'm hoping to populate with your, your the listener, missives, emails, suggestions, etc. Um, but also key to this will be your own lost ideas. 
Um, you know, this could be a repository and a receptacle for listener lost ideas. And who knows what could happen to those? If you if you suggest that it gets read out on the podcast, um, some famous producer listens to it, uh, they might create it, and we might all make tens of millions of pounds. Essentially, this is just a, a launch pad for creative greatness. And it's not just mine. That's the important thing. Um, I thought in the absence of that this week, uh, I could give you a couple of bits, uh, extra bits of my own creativity. I've written down here in my iPhone notes, airplane mode. Whenever you put your phone on airplane mode, I think this is a a TV uh, comedy sketch. So uh, I think the idea was that somebody's sitting on an airplane or they're about to start a meeting. And they flick their phone into airplane mode, and then uh, all chaos ensues, very much like the Leslie Nielsen film. So it would work better, actually, if somebody, if the sketch is somebody's sitting on an airplane, it's a Ryanair flight to Belfast or something like that. Do, do they even fly to Belfast? Can we check that? And the person just flicks their phone onto airplane, and then the whole airplane just, as I say, falls into Leslie Nielsen style chaos. A, a woman's boobs flash across the screen like they do in the film. Um, a drink gets poured on somebody, um, a nun starts playing a guitar, etc. I thought that had been a really good sketch. Um, I've written down here, podcast idea, round the world with Sean, that's all I've got. Uh, obviously that's, that was at the time in my life where I particularly needed a holiday. And I've also written this, I genuinely think this is a good idea, I might have mentioned this on my radio show once though. Um, again, this must have been something that occurred to me after I've been to the gym. That's a subscription I've now cancelled because I can't afford it. Um, true, true story. Swimming cap with parking sensors, especially for backstroke. So again, brilliant idea. Somebody's going to end up making it. I, I hope that I get some IP on that. My name is Sean Keaveney. This is Sean Keaveney's Creative Cul-de-Sac. Join me next week in Sean Keaveney's creative cul-de-sac. You fucking shut up with that angle grinder now, mate. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.